I was on this. I had this conversation with somebody on Facebook the other day. That was like we we're talking about all the how all the sports have essentially come back. Yeah. And it's kind of how each sport is doing with this like no audience thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, NBA, you have the bubble. You know, that's that's going. Honestly, I kind of dig the bubble. It, I mean, now granted, I don't know if you're noticing this, but it's a different type of basketball. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's different. Playoffs are going to be weird because no one has home court advantage. Yeah. So I it's mean, a true tournament. That's fun. I mean, it's. A, I feel like I'm watching pickup games. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm watching, which is which is cool because like. What's up, Mickey D? It's a it's a faster game. It's a much faster game. There, there people are way more daring. Um, this is where Dougal's gonna comment. Go Nugs! Oh no! Yeah, um, he grew up in the Houston area, but randomly he's a Denver Nugget fan. Oh, that's sad. How? Like, I mean, at least Houston has two championships. See, look at that. Oh, okay. Look at that. Look at this Nuggets will win it all, and you know. See, look at him. I feel like they have a pretty good team. <laughs> This is what he's gonna yeah. say. Nuggets will win it all, and KJV is the most accurate version of the Bible. He's what he's gonna say. He's gonna say better than the Spurs. So he's about. I to mean, say. So I'm saying Nuggets will win it all, just like KJV is the most accurate version of the Bible. <laughs> For real. But honestly, honestly, I think it's gonna end up going to Lakers. Like real talk. I mean, I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. I don't accept um, it. But I'm low-key rooting for Milwaukee. <sighs> See, I'm yeah, Giannis can use one. Milwaukee definitely needs a championship. I don't think they've ever had a championship. Um, I think... No, they have. When? They were the... Um, Back when you had granny shots? No, 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 no. They, it's a random fact, but they were the quickest expansion team to get a championship ever. They got it like in year three of their existence and have really? not gotten one since or something something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Raptors. Raptors aren't going to get one again. No. no, no, I don't. I don't believe the Raptors will get another one. No. Um, Be interesting if DeRozan <clears throat> goes back there though. With who? DeRozan. No, baseball has been the weirdest, especially with the cutouts on the benches. Yeah, the cutouts on the. You benches seen how the bubble in the, in the NBA how the bubble looks? Their benches. No. It's literally like two rows and because they're socially distancing. Mm-hmm. It's two rows. It's, it's really weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, soccer has done an amazing job, I think, with the way they're doing their bubble. Can they... Oh, do they... Like, if, if they fake for, like, red cards and yellow cards, are they faking for coronavirus? Like... Oh, no. They <laughs> <laughs> just start coughing out of nowhere if they stop the game. No, um, the way soccer is doing... At least in the MLS right now... The way the MLS is doing it is they have this, like, jumbo screen or screens around the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they installed them or what they did, but they're – so they, and they pre-recorded fans from their home. Like, they're encouraging fans to, like, send in videos of themselves Oh, yeah, that, that's their, what the NBA is going to do. Yeah. Like, they have screens all around the court, yeah. and they're going to put people on there. Cheering them on. Cheering them on, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought – I mean – when I was in when I was in Houston a couple weeks ago, um, my brother and I were watching one of uh, the Dynamo games on TV, and like it actually looked like a pretty like it felt like a real game. I mean, as much as you can feel like a real game, 
granted it is the MLS and they already don't have a huge fan right? base <laughs> but but um, stop with your nonsense Google's saying Nuggets in 4 man stop with your nonsense yeah, that, they'll, they'll get swept I believe that <laughs> no um, but yeah so I mean that's been I don't know dude the the fan thing I've uh, that's been pretty insane I don't know, man. Watching, I mean, I'm grateful that sports are back. I'm grateful that sports are back because that was a sad time. March through, like, June of, like, no sport whatsoever. I mean, not even golf. <laughs> and so now that they're now that sports are back, it's different. But, I mean, I'll take it. I mean, shoot, I was watching the Astros play against themselves in batting practice. <laughs> She's like, yes. how can we cheat? <laughs> Dude, like have you Spurs fan? <laughs> Dude, have you seen that Altuve, um, Altuve Bregman and um, gosh, who else? I know it's Altuve and Bregman, at least that have been like pegged almost every time they've gone up to bat. <laughs> like nice. the pitchers are not good. It's just peg after peg after peg. <laughs> so okay, I'm a bitter Spurs fan. That's what it says right there. FYI, I, the Spurs kind of are dumb right now, not because of basketball reasons, because their coach thinks he's a social justice warrior, and... Wow, tell us how you really feel. I'm not even, <laughs> don't even get me started. Oh, and then the whole league is just, just loves the Chinese government for some reason, I don't know why. Um, yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> and then... Look at their courts. Black Lives Matter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah, that. I mean... It's being very social justice right now. Yeah. It's being very... Yeah, yeah. they absolutely... <clears throat> they absolutely are adamant about, <clears throat> about all of that, about Black Lives Matter, but but when we start talking about the Chinese government, they got nothing to say. Not about the Hong Kong protests, not about... Okay, but what do you know? I mean, I guess you get to pick and choose what, what your causes are. Yeah. Here's what I will say. Here's what I will say about, about all of this when it comes to social justice, when it comes to China, when it comes to, to the virus, when it comes to everything. It's like there are so many issues out there um, politically that it's like, man, if you jump on one and you got to jump on all of them so that you can support your one, you're going to drive yourself mad. For real, I mean, I, yeah, you're going to drive yourself mad. I mean, there is not an like, well, okay, Black Lives Matter. Well, what about women? Or what about the baby? What about what about the uh, the border issues? What about the you know? It's like, well, how do how do you care about Black Lives Matter, but you don't care about ICE putting putting kids in cages? Oh, but oh, what you you care about that, but you don't care about putting your mask on? Oh, you don't care about putting your mask on? You care about you know? It's like, man, it's it's almost like problem after problem. No one can just live. No one can just live. Yeah. And, and so it's like, honestly, man, like at the end of the day, the, you know, the best way you can, you can be a, a, a so, social justice warrior, the best way you can influence is, is, is influence within your scope. You know, whether, whether that's your, whether that's the one or two friends you hang out with, whether that's um, your, your, your household or whether that's whatever your platform is influence within there. Yeah, I guess I guess my point is it's financially convenient for the NBA to support Black Lives Matter, but it's not financially convenient to do to speak out against Hong Kong, speak out against the Chinese Communist government. 
that, that is, yeah, you're you're right. That that's, that's just like mm, it just makes me then because they're not willing to speak out on that or any other issues. It makes, it makes you, me skeptical that they truly care about Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah, I mean, but you got to. You know, and I'm sorry for that skepticism, but that that's just kind of <laughs> it. Just makes me go. Hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, a spade. You got to call. You can't read. You can't read. You can't read hearts. I understand. At the end of the day, you can't read hearts. Maybe truly, they do care about Black Lives Matter, and and uh, and all that. Maybe they truly do care, but they just have a funny way of showing it. I, I, I mean, you got to call a spade a spade. Honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, I think you know, my wife is watching. I think she's watching. Oh, so you um, have to go home and say, no, yeah. no, 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 <laughs> you but, go home. No, no but she's. But, but one thing that she's she's always kind of pointed out and she's like you have to know what you got you know you, you know people deep down know what they got and the, and the fact of the matter is is that when it comes to the NBA when it comes to professional sports when it comes to politics and there's money involved you know um like for example the NBA you're you're they're going to this obviously they're, they're not in the business of of true of, of actually being so you know on a social justice agenda that's not their business their business is to make money and the reality is is that they're gonna do what makes money yeah and i mean so and, yeah and if and if and if that benefits us for example black lives matter if that benefits a certain party of people or a certain group of people or benefits us in in entirely they're not doing it because it benefits us they're doing it because it benefits them mm-hmm you know, um, and and the way it benefits them is by jumping onto a social agenda, political agenda, ide I ideology, and then running with that. <clears throat> For example, and I would prefer the honesty of that. I, I would yeah. love the honesty of that. It's like, you know but what? nobody's honest, though. I mean, it's the same reason why. Hold oh, on, you're skeptical. No, nobody's but honest. Nobody's <laughs> honest. I mean, it's like that's the same. That's the same issue that I have with certain politicians and certain and there's certain political platforms oh, that funny. that they cater to the to the Christian majority. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, we believe this and this and this. There's but your if you point. Actually, of look at some of these people that are like on the Christian agenda, and you're like looking at their lives, and you're like, you don't even believe this. You're living the opposite. Okay, so you can be skeptical about white billionaires. Or no, I'll be skeptical about <laughs> white, not billionaires. Say white billionaires. White billionaires in in the NBA. I'll be skeptical about that, and you just be skeptical about those who uh, put Christian on everything. I I'm <laughs> not saying that I'm skeptical about them, but I am skeptical about. Them. I'm saying that they they uh, people will abuse their or not abuse. They will they will take whatever stance is necessary in order to support their livelihood. There are not very many people out there that are actually going to sit and say, I'm doing this because I believe it's right, regardless of whether I am broke and hungry or, or living in a mansion. Yeah. You know, there, there are very, there are not very many people. I mean, honestly, there are not many people that are going to do that. I mean, and, and to me, that's actually pretty sad. Yeah. You know, that's that's actually pretty sad. I mean, when especially as believers or Christians, when we're like, well, if our if our gifts are in heaven or gifts are in paradise and blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, well, no, we we, you know, but I'm only going to go this far because it supports my livelihood or whatnot. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that that's what I'm saying. It's like and it goes back to like the NBA with like with, with China. They knew I mean, they get they get 
you know, they get in that, that entanglement. <laughs> they get into an entanglement with China. They lose all this funding, then then the NBA could possibly tank, especially in a season where there's really no season. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's, it just, I don't know, it just, it, it's bothersome. I mean, <clears throat> you know, that, that we put ourselves in that, in that prison, um, where if we would actually, you're right, like if we would actually live truth out and say, okay, regardless of whether that leaves me, that leaves me broke and hungry, or that leaves me, you know, I don't know, glorified, whatever, um, I'm going to do what is right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is that like, example, basketball, Black Lives Matter, they're like, well, we're going to do what's right. No, you're going to do what's popular. Because <laughs> yeah. minorities buy your sneakers. Yeah. Because minorities watch your games. Because the, the poor underprivileged <laughs> kids are watching basketball. Exactly. You know, because there's a there's a basketball hoop on every in every major city, in every public. I mean, we're literally parked in, in at a park right now where there's six basketball hoops. Right? I mean, like, it... It it's not it's not a so oh we don't care who 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 we offend or who no you're doing it because it's popular hmm. you know you're doing it because it's popular and and but I mean you know what if it benefits those people then I get, you know it's it's almost like it's almost like the Pauline like well who cares if they're you know if they're preaching Christ at a selfish gain Christ is being preached you know God will deal with that. Yeah, I know. I mean, so I don't know. Anyway, that's our. But well, yeah, so we, I guess we should get into our me- our our message. Let's get into, we our, into our episode. Our, our episode. Yeah. Check yourself or pet yourself. Are your dashboard disciples? Avenues to Zebras. Are your dashboard? Are your dashboard disciples? Check us out on Apple and Spotify. Are your dashboard disciples? Hey guys. I'm James. Hey, it's Matt. Hey, we're Dashboard Disciples. Hey, sorry about the last couple of weeks of of jumping on. We're not, we weren't able to jump on. It's been a while. Um, of course, you guys know we talked to you about it last week. Um, we had some issues concerning coronavirus um, where we had to quarantine. Luckily, none oh, of we're us. Good. We're, we're good. good. We're good. Negative, both of us. Um, but you know, of course, we were exposed. We had to do the right thing, and you know keep ourselves we were exposed but now we're unleashed that's <laughs> a chapter today's title the chapter uh, of letters to the church today's a good one <laughs> today's chapter way level 10 <laughs> today's chapter is unleashed and uh yeah we're doing letters to church for french chan so um let's jump in right as you know as we as we get into it remember guys uh, Um You can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, um, and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, again, uh, help support us and um, by jumping on Patreon and uh, for as little as five bucks a month. And um, also, you can you can purchase merchandise and stuff like that through our Dashboard Disciples website. So please jump on. It super helps us out. It's definitely not just going into our our pockets. None of it's going into our pockets. It costs to do this stuff to uh, put out podcasts and things like that. Yeah, so if yeah. you're so if you if you're if you're watching our podcast, um, please don't just jump on it for free. It costs us to put it out. Please help us out in, in making this um, um, I don't know easier. Or yeah, not, you easier. know, cool. All right. Um, so I guess let's jump into our episode. 
All right, so so we're looking at unleashed, unleashed. and all right. So what'd you get? What'd you what'd you uh, Dude, find in this the chapter? The metaphor, the metaphor game in Francis Chan. This was amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. just from I thought it was well written. Just from before we even talk about the content, I just thought it was very well written. Uh, I thought he put some his ideas very succinctly. Uh, I walked away with a a, a different. Um, I guess understanding of um, another way to view the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Jesus used parables uh, to, to describe the kingdom of God. I felt like I got another uh, metaphor to think about the kingdom of God, um, and uh, it was great. I, it was it was really great. Very well written. I think this is best. This is the best well written chapter. I mm. think uh, in terms of he just went into his. Uh, into the complete, I guess, uh, tool bag of literary devices to to get his point across. He used metaphor. He used uh, anecdotes. Um, I mean, he 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 used everything. Uh, it, it was really it was just really good from that perspective. Um, uh, I, I thought I thought just the overall title. It, it just reminded me of Madagascar. <laughs> That's what it did. <laughs> it reminded me of Madagascar. <laughs> so, um, the whole, that whole franchise. Unleashed. So, um, made me think of the zebra. What's his name? Oh, I, gosh, I, I, remember, I just, it, it reminded me all of Madagascar. That's all, it, That's all I was thinking about. So, what were the uh, illustrations that were, that really popped out to you? So, yeah, the fact that, um, the church is kind of like, uh, uh, going to the zoo, essentially, and that, the, the Christians are essentially like the animals at the zoo that uh, they're caged up uh, and they live in cap- they're basically living in captivity sanitized ver- when they're truly intended to be in the wild and be unleashed uh, and be and, and and like go have their instincts right to use their spirit to use their instincts uh, to survive um, and, and for that case our spiritual instincts would be um like uh it would be like being in the wild uh uh, that we are sheltered we're not really pushed um that we're we're taught that we are served to rather than taught to fish right Mm. so um uh it just it is just another way it was just a slightly different way of looking at the consumer mindset okay that that we're constantly being served to but we're not being taught how to fish and that's the whole point of being a disciple that you that you know that you know the word of god and that you're applying it and that you're living it out uh, even in the most uncomfortable situations like there's some things that are not pretty in nature um but that we need it we need them we uh, that's a that's a true part of nature there's both the good and the bad it's not it's not just uh, Wait. it's not just all looking looking good in cages and the beauty of an animal no mm-hmm. like bears we they're portrayed as teddy bears little things that are cuddly but in nature they're actually really scary you don't want to come across one because they're ferocious beings and they will kill you Mm -hmm. they're not they're not cuddly and i feel like what that's what christians are supposed to be we're not supposed to be little teddy bears we're supposed to be ferocious we're supposed to be uh children of the king and and 
that's supposed to be a scary thing, you know, um, uh, to, to the forces of darkness and something. Uh, and whereas we have a sanitized version of us being like in a zoo, caged up. Mm -hmm. And essentially, they're talking about how like the um, the church itself has become that zoo, that place that's caged. Yeah. Us. Yeah. 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 It's it's sanitized. I mean, I I like the I like his illustration there because I mean, yeah, like how you were talking about it's. I mean, for example, you know, a lion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, most ferocious of all of all animals. And the fact of the matter is, is that, I mean, if you were in the wild, you don't want to come across a lion. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to be more than 20 feet away from a lion. Mm -hmm. 100, I mean, if you saw, if you saw a lion from 100 yards away, you'd start running. Yeah. In the wild. But at the zoo, we get 20 feet away from a lion or behind glass. We can, you know, we almost want to reach out and touch it mm -hmm. because we think it's so, you know, and, and in reality that, you know, and, and I think that there have been studies that have shown what, what, what happens to animals in captivity you know, yeah. I mean, they, they essentially begin to lose their own identity. Yeah. You know, and while, 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 while they're being well taken care of, I mean, like I've been, one of my favorite zoos to, to, to visit in the entire world. Um, not that I've been to every zoo in the entire world, <laughs> but one of my favorite zoos to visit is the San Diego Zoo. Um, we used to, when I was living in San Diego, we had passes at the San Diego Zoo. We we frequented it probably every other week or so. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's nice and hilly, beautiful weather. And we would go by the lions. They're kind of towards the back of the zoo. And, man, it was pretty, dude. It was like they're, they're just they're, what they had as far as their living conditions was absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean... And you'd see them lounge lounge around, and and David, I mean, they had enough room to run around and stuff, and and I mean, and they were fed well. I mean, yeah. they didn't have to hunt, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't have to hunt. They were throwing the meat, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they were they breeded these. I mean, they didn't have to hunt. They didn't have to find a mate. They didn't have to. I mean. In reality, I guess from the They're outside looking up. in, it's luxury. Yeah, yeah. Like you're living yeah. the life. Yeah. But I remember um, one time we were on a. We were on they're, a they're all about making it out of the zoo, right? <laughs> <laughs> like making it out of the hood. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta make it out of the zoo. No, no, man. No. <laughs> no, but what, what I thought was really, really, really interesting about the zoo or San Diego Zoo is how that what they were telling us about how long they keep these animals in captivity mm -hmm. so because so one thing the san diego zoo was really known for was training up a lot of these animals to release them back out mm -hmm. and the reason they did that was because they noticed decades prior that the lifespan of these animals was severely shortened because they spent the entire their entire lives in captivity yeah um and so the idea was immune systems weren't developed. Yeah, like yeah. they were they were breeded and they were especially those that like the their endangered animals, they were kept in captivity to breed and then released back into their elements mm -hmm. um slowly, you yeah. know. And and then re and then and then you know, breeded out in the wild or whatever however that looked like. Mm -hmm. And the reason was is because they weren't they they even said like they, these animals are not designed to be in captivity. Mhm. Mm and what I thought, what I think is really interesting about that is, 
is, I mean, <laughs> let's say I was a lion in the wild. Yeah. And I, I somehow, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm using Madagascar like Disney, Disney references here, you know, yeah. like, and I somehow I, I was able to look and see what was going on at a zoo and seeing this line in the zoo being fed, being, being able to breed, have, like living it up, you yeah. know, perfect weather, perfect, you know, I'm like, dude, I got to hunt for my food every single day. Sometimes I don't even get to eat. Yeah. You know, something, you know, and like I have to, I have to constantly look behind my back to see if something's hunting me. I want to live inside the cage <laughs> because the cage is safe. You know, the cage is safe and I'll, I'll live longer. Mm -hmm. But while I'm physically safe, I begin to spiritually die. Yeah. Now, and I, I mean that's that's where it's like where that balance of being un, like that unleashed is. You know, it's like we God. maybe maybe being caged for a time is okay because mm -hmm. everybody needs a break. Everybody needs rest, especially if let's say you you get saved, you become a Christian. You 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 need that. You mean you just went. You just got saved from hell. Yeah. You know? And you were in hell for however long your life was, you know, before Christ. You need that space to to be fed, to be filled, to regroup, to, to, to heal, and all those things. But there comes a time where that cage cannot cannot contain you anymore. And and now that cage that that at one point helped you rejuvenate and mm -hmm revitalize is now going to be the death of you if you don't get out mm -hmm. and I think and, and that's exactly what Francis Chan is drawing up in this chapter is like okay cool the cage was nice for a time mm -hmm. that time for many of us believers is over yeah it, it, it's over it, it, it cannot it cannot continue otherwise you are going to die mm -hmm. but you're going to die differently yeah. I don't know. And that's, that's what I mean when I, I don't know, like this chapter in that sense very much fired me up. Like, man, okay, I like the cage, but, but I want to get out. Yeah. I want, I want to, I want to, I want to get dangerous. I'm tired of, of playing it safe spiritually. You know that one movie, Time Freak? You ever heard of it? Oh, no. Time Freak? Okay. It's, it's a, uh, main main star is Asa Butterfield, and uh, the concept is that um, he he found time travel, like he okay. knows how to work work with it. Well, uh, the butterfly effect, kind of the same concept with Ashton Kutcher, but um, basically he he marries this girl, mm -hmm. and he wants to have the perfect marriage. Okay, and um, so. Every time he would have a fight, he would just go back in time and f fix, fix, okay. fix a pre preempt so he, the fight wouldn't be there. And he would he did this over the course of like ten years, and they had a it was a perfect marriage. But um, 
there was no the, development. Like there was no, 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 no there's no development. It, it completely backfired on him because the, he realized that what was actually making their marriage stronger was the arguments, uh, because they they uh, shared ideas. They got they learned and they would learn how to work together to become a better couple. You know, mm -hmm. better husband, better wife. Whereas when he would preempt, when he started preempting the fights and uh and anticipating going back in time and fixing it eventually led to her depression and she he was like he she was just like no there's something wrong with me like you're the perfect husband like you never do anything wrong i just don't feel like i'm anywhere near the perfect wife for you mm. and and so and so it was a very it's a very interesting concept we should watch that movie it's very good okay um um, and, and what it really does is it just really shows that, you know, you need the struggle, you need the conflict, uh, you, um, and cause you will be better for it. And I don't know if it was in this chapter, but Francis Chan talked about how he visited an underground church and he just saw like fervent passion from young people. It was really great. Uh, and then when he started describing the church in America, he was very like the people that were taken back, like they thought it was stand up. Like they didn't believe that that was actually how the church was like mm -hmm. here in America. Um, and it, it was because it just didn't sound right. Like they're like, we're, they're out there struggling in China. Uh, literally like every day is a fight for their life. And so when they hear stuff like, uh, issues in a worship band or uh, just li simply listening to the word of God and not really living it out. It's like, what? What? That doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. You know, like, yeah. um, uh, what he'd say, he said he felt so convicted because he felt like the church here was so sanitized and not, and it, it was, it, we were just trying to aim to be perfect versus just, versus just uh, uh, taking on the adversity and becoming better for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's like a good. It's like this 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 balance of good and bad. And I, I'm looking on to this chapter where he talks about the the hypothetical power. And he talks about how like it almost gets to the point where like when we live in that how you were talking about China, it's like those that never go there live in this sanitized zoo or sanitized church, mm -hmm. that it almost becomes like do those do the do does that kind of power of the Holy Spirit actually exist? Yeah. You know, like, does is that, I mean, could that actually be a thing? And it's like, it's almost like, man, you're, we realize how much we're truly missing out. Um, and he talks about these people that like, they almost stay in their Christian bubble. Yeah. They're Christian and, and they're content with it. And they're, yeah. And it's like, you're, you and you became, and it's kind of like you, you almost become afraid of your own shadow. I mean, it, it, the the interesting thing about staying within the walls, you know, of your faith or any walls, right, is that the walls become smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where you're afraid of your own shadow. Mm -hmm. I mean, first you won't, first you won't leave your block, and then you won't leave your house. You know, and then you won't leave. You won't leave upstairs if you have a two-story house, right? 
you won't leave upstairs. And then you won't leave your room. Mm -hmm. And then you won't leave your bed. You know, and it's like, because the dangers become more and more and more real. Mm -hmm. And I try to become so overprotective of everything and 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 we and it starts and I started I started seeing that with our children when I was a kid you know I mean I'm not trying to knock anybody on this but the whole like like for my family for example and I remember having a conversation with with a with um a couple that were also we were we did youth ministry together a few years ago but my wife and I sat down with them and we were you know um, doing some stuff and um, they were like we send our kids to public school on purpose mm -hmm. like we believe that there needs to be more believers and families of like family believers yeah saturated inside the public school we almost see sending our children to public we we spend time in the word with our children you know influence them do we we go to church we you know what i mean mm -hmm. we we sit together in family bible studies sometimes so as, as much as we can the intention is nightly you know and so our children see going to public school as almost a missionary journey you know not like they're trying to you know save everybody in there but they're just trying to be a light there yeah and there have been so many families that i've known of that have been have done the opposite you know, like, I don't want my kids to be influenced by those people that I'm going to homeschool them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them to be influenced by whatever, whatever those teachers are teaching, whatever those students are, are saying that I'm going to homeschool my kids or I'm going to send them to a good Christian school. And then what ends up happening is they live within the bubble. And as a youth minister, seeing some of those graduate out of school, I've seen some of them. Sometimes a lot of honestly, I'll say a lot of them are prepared for financial success, but not all of them are not very, very, very few of them are prepared for life success. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, they they lack certain life skills to be able to be any sort of impact or influence. They find the first they go to college, they find the first young adult group they can see like they can they can attach themselves to. And end up back in the church, and they never leave that bubble. Mm -hmm. They never leave that bubble, and they don't know how to. They're all about going across the world for a mission trip because it keeps them in that bubble, but they don't know how to go across the street. Yeah, I had a good friend of mine in college. He, um, he was homeschooled, mm -hmm. and so him being in the dorm was the first time he was away from his family, like. I guess around the clock kind of mm -hmm. thing and man like it was a it was rough it was rough those first couple months he would just stay in his room wouldn't do anything and finally the old the upperclassmen like they would just they would force him out of his room and say yeah. come on we're going somewhere we're doing something and just a real they were really good older brothers in that sense mm -hmm. and um uh, eventually he came out of his shell and he ended up becoming really good, a really good friend. And I, I look and I wasn't even the one that was like pushing him to get out of his room, but I'm so grateful for those upperclassmen 
who really just pushed him out because if they had they never done that i never would have had a good friend like uh because of them and uh he's he, he's a cool dude um and uh it's like he, like show your show your kids out to the world because they're good they're awesome people and people want mm -hmm. like like show them off of how good of a person that they are to this world because they will add to this world and they will be such great contributors they have such great potential let it out there don't just keep it keep them hidden in, or, or whatever and um be salty and lit fam yeah for sure <laughs> for sure i mean and that that almost pushes us into like what jesus talked about in you know when when he says you know you must be like little children to come yeah from, you know like i mean francis chan starts he wrote he writes about that towards the middle end of his chapter um and dude totally flipping children's ministry on its head yeah Believe i mean man. like no one thinks I mean, like this this the, is really great dude and i'll be honest the first time i read this book and we were doing our family dinners mm -hmm. that was that that model i i tried to mimic that model and being like everybody sit like my kids sit everybody sit. if you brought your kids sit them with you mm -hmm. you know let's let's fellowship together um in fact we're actually this sunday our youth and our adults are gonna have bible study together awesome dude and 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 that came from this this model this style this idea because it's like what better way to wait it, it it's like it works both ways mm -hmm. what better way for our adults to catch the energy of our students that are who are who have newly fallen in love because you know when you when you newly fall in love you're on fire mm -hmm. you know like you're you're what better way for our adults to be reminded yeah. of that childlike mentality than to actually put our students in there with them yeah what better way for our students to see active discipleship mm -hmm. and maturity than to put them with the adults you know yeah and i mean and granted i understand i'm because some of the argument on that is well, you know, there's sometimes adults want to, you know, and when they're in the adult Bible study, there's certain things that they want to talk about, you know, whether family issues or, you know. Um, Go to shrink then. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I no, but they're they're definitely, I've, I've been in there where, like, they're talking about family, grandkids, or whatever, you know, whatever. Because, I mean, they come, they come for their struggle and it, yeah. they, and it doesn't relate, you know, and, and on, or, or they're uncomfortable to share because there's, there's little ears you know and vice versa students are like i don't want to talk about the fact that i'm arguing with my mom right now when my mom's sitting across the table from me you know like, sure and i think those, are, those are valid those are valid but i think what we can do as ministers if we are in that environment is you know what if if you really feel if you really can uh, like encourage them to still have the conversation because really at its heart like if it's uh, talking about grandkids I guess um, and there's like well how in the world is a youth going to relate to that you know mm -hmm. um, you can you can talk about okay well at its core it's it's that and I guess it's specific to what that problem about grandkids is but um, it 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 could come down to like a being liked or wanting to be accepted by your grandkids or I don't know something. That's something that can well, like you can bridge across all generations. Yeah. For sure. No. Like I so, mean, I guess try maybe we as the ministers maybe need to uh, break down the issue more 
I yeah. guess. So, so that it can bridge across generations, you know? Definitely. And I mean... And we can do that. No, our. definitely. And you can... And to go on as far as to like... Even say like the way we're doing it is... We're starting with just once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, once a month. I think once every six weeks is what we're actually starting with. So once, every one, once a month to once every six weeks, we'll have an adult youth Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, and allow it to blend, you know? Now, there are going to still be specific youth things, specific adult things, because those still need to happen. Yeah. But family fellowship is just as important as youth fellowship Mm -hmm. or children's fellowship or, you know, or senior adults fellowship or whatever that may be, or singles ministry. Those are important, but so is family fellowship, you know? That's the you know that's the best way that we're going to see that that true growth and to to see that um, influence happen where where our adults don't forget what it's like to be a child in in Christ mm-hmm. and our children can see active maturing discipleship. You know, did you watch the Cheaper by the Dozen movies? Mm, long hey, time ago. The Cheaper by the Dozen on Cheaper by the Dozen two, the sequel the sequel is. Basically, where, like, yeah, in, in the first Cheaper by the Dozen, they just break down about this family of, you know, with 12 kids, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, they meet another family with 12 kids. And so what it essentially comes is, comes to is, like, it's a competition between the two families. Yeah. And so they, uh, this is an old movie, I know. But um, they, uh, it's really cool because then uh, they try this is the first time they're all like experiencing like teamwork as like togetherness and they have that quality family time uh and it was all it's all birthed out of you know just friendly competition well Mm. watch the movie it's not that friendly but um but the whole point is that you know they made the time for the family for family and um uh so i would say i guess before you're quick to sign up your kid for soccer for whatever uh, how about instead have twelve you, kids and start your own soccer team? You could go that route, <laughs> or you could you could say, well, you, <laughs> if you want that big of a tax write off, um, but or you can say, you know what, we're not going to do sports. We're going to spend these next eight weeks doing family stuff. Like that's all we're going to uh-huh. do. Instead of you doing sports, we're going to spend time together. That's uh-huh. how we're that's how we're handling this, um, because it is equally important. Like if we. Like, we, we hear the, the catchphrase, yeah, we got to invest into our kids, right? It's all about investment. They got to know that we care, all this. Well, there's, like, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. <laughs> because then now, like, kids will pick up, oh, you're putting me the center of your world. And that creates its own set of problems. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, if your kid has a gift. Maybe they're really good at soccer or you think they're really good at soccer. Maybe they're actually not. Um, but, like, there's that too. Like, the kid's just not that good. Come on. Um, uh, and, and, uh, and kids will pick up that, oh, now we're going to do soccer. So, uh, that means, uh, and, uh, I'm going to, all right, I got these brand new cleats. I got this, I got that. Like, like if they, they won't, they don't need you to buy stuff, uh, spend nearly an, like, I don't know, years, an entire year's worth of 
of time going tra being in this travel league only to then now go play for your school league only for this only for that you've made them your world and that's not a good thing mm -hmm. that's not a good thing they need to know that the world isn't about them like i think they will understand that they are loved even more if they see that they are loved by you but then they're also loved by their by their youth pastor at church that they're also loved um, uh, by their siblings because hey it's not a bad idea to spend time for siblings spending time together like if they realize that they're loved by their uncle loved by their aunt loved by their mom loved by their dad their cousins like if they real if they see that they're loved by a village I think that will mean more to them than being loved by their parents mm -hmm. so um, uh, and th that just creates it, it, that to me makes a way more healthy kid than trucking them week after week across uh, across this, across Texas, going to this travel league in Dallas because you're playing the travel league from Houston, and it's it's like it's too much. Like that's too much. I I I think we've had this conversation before, but I get a kick out of seeing 12 year olds little league on ESPN. I, seeing the World Series, the Little League World Series just floors me. It's like, are these kids ready to be in front of camera, national cameras like that, and all all the all the attention that brings it's a child star effect like why why would you want to put your kid into that um uh, like because half these kids they aren't going to mlb so why are they going to need this for later in life you know so so i'm just very skeptical like like don't it's a fine balance between making the kid the center between making your kid realize their potential and making them your world essentially your idol mm. because that does not do them any good and uh, so to like to kind of get back to what Francis Chan is saying here, um, his idea of children's ministry is to not to just invest into them, pour into them, keep keep telling them, oh, you're God's precious little child. It's like, no, I'm going to show you that you need to be God's precious little child by actually being a part of a contributing member of the body of Christ. And and um, rather than having them in the blanket umbrella of children's ministry, that they are being children's ministers themselves, which is completely, I think, something not really thought about. We hire a children's minister, but we don't expect children to be children's ministers themselves. It's, it's, it, and that's what I was like, whoa, that's where it's like, that's where it's revolutionary. And I think, yeah, this is very similar to the part where he did go to China and he did see youth so engaged and so uh, motivated about their faith the overall principle is the body is supposed to minister to the body mm -hmm. that um it's not about um it's not it's not about just creating simple like bigger and stronger bigger cages as he was saying but it's about unleashing the full fury of the body of christ mm -hmm. across the entire board and if one group is so insulated uh that that's not happening then you created a zoo, mm -hmm. is what you're saying. You're not putting them in the wild and expecting expect them to grow and become strong and all that. I mean, really, to I guess the way the way I would maybe summarize this up, um, or I guess before I do that, do you have any last words? Um, I'm good. You good? Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. So I guess the the 
unleash yeah not unleash the way the, the unleash and send we <laughs> talked about sending yeah the way to i guess the way i would summarize this up for me in this chapter would be um growth and unleash unleashing can be can be painful yeah but it's worth it i mean like putting us in the wild takes us so much out of our comfort zone that mm-hmm. we could crash and burn but that's part of the growth. That's mm-hmm. why we have a body. Yeah. You know, that's why that's why we have a body to keep each other accountable, to lift each other up, to minister to each other because you're not alone in it. You know, and if you're caging yourself up it's probably because you think you're alone. You know, we need to unleash and then have one faith in our brothers and sisters and also faith in the Lord that the Lord knows what he's doing. Yeah, so. All right. I guess that's about all the time we have today. Um, remember, check us out. DashboardDisciples.GoDaddySites.com um, We'll be up on Spotify and Apple at the end of this week. Um, see y'all later. All right. Adios, amigos.